All right, ladies and gentlemen, back after a little bit of a hiatus due to our busy schedules, we have the winner circle with World's Strongest Man 105, Nicholas Camby, and myself, Anthony Furman, a former champion. Remember, this is where losers go home and winners win, 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 no matter what. No matter what. Awesome. Well, good to see you, Anthony. Of course, I hope you had a great vacation. Um, Of course, you're out in a week in Jamaica. How was that? It was a wonderful time down by the beach. It still looks like I'm tanner than you, though. That was Miss. That was like Miss. I haven't got any sun. <laughs> oh, I put a lot of sunscreen on because I'm Did terrified you? of the sun. Well, yeah. SPF 90? 50. 50. All right. All right. That's modest. You probably got a little tan, but but of course, I hope I'm glad that you got some vitamin D. You needed it. And look, you look very well rested, and it looks like you've been coming out with a new storm. But we're not here to talk here today to talk about you. We're here because we have the opportunity to chat with four-time America's Strongest Man, Sean D. Marinas. So we're going to go over his story, his accolades, and what it takes to be uh, a repeat champ. Um, but of course, I appreciate the introduction today, Anthony. Um, but I'm not here to talk about my world title. That was old news. No one cares anymore. All right? It's all about... No one cares. No one cares. Uh, but I do I do have one question, Anthony, that yep. I want you to ask me. Anthony, out of all my titles, which one do you think is my favorite? Which one do I think is your favorite title? Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, I mean, I'm going to go with the not obvious choice. I'm going to say Clash on the Coast champion. Mm, interesting. And that is wrong. The answer is the next one. Because we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't care about, oh, that's, oh, that's all old news, man. We care about the, the next one. So um, going into the so, offseason, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so you're not Al Bundy. You know I'm Al Bundy? Bad. The, 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 the serial killer? No, that's Ted Bundy. Al Bundy from Married with Children. He talked <laughs> oh. about playing high school football. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. All right. So, next, going into your offseason, so, what are your plans? What are your plans? Sure. So, the, the, the key word is going to be reinvention. Um, and I say this just because um, – and I was talking to this about a few friends and some, and I also did a nice little podcast with uh, Lawrence Char recently. So that was, of course, that was fun, but um, there's been a slew of competitions compared to 2020, right? We only had like nationals and ASM in 2020 this year. We had, of course, all these great contests, including clash on the coast. Um, and the, and of course the, the super series as top of OSG ASM, all the course competition overseas. So there's all these data points, you see, everybody sees who, who won them. Everybody sees what it took to win. So I think everybody's going to be coming out harder. They're going to be a bit, bit bringing a bigger, better package. Um, and the stakes were high this year, but the stakes are going to be even higher next year. Um, so I took two weeks off. Um, pretty much did a year's worth of eating within those two weeks. Um, but now I'm back to my next uh, block, which I started Saturday. Um, and I'm ramping up slowly for April. So that's really kind of my focus. But um even with clash on the coast, we're going to have a great international presence this year. So we're not just going to have one token Canadian of Isaac Mays. We're going to have, we're going to have almost a few different continents, which is going to be exciting. So Uh, we have 50 people signed up right now for the online qualifier international from, I think we're at nine different countries, 10 different countries. That's awesome. That's super cool. And I bet that's, that's going to grow. Um, that's more That's more than every, that's just about as many as signed up for the whole qualifier last year from mm-hmm. everywhere. Interesting. And I bet, yeah, I bet more will come too once the, once the news will come out, but 50 is a great start. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've had, you've had a lot of other big announcements. Um, I know probably want to get some little more color on those. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we're just, what we're doing is um, what we promised to do. And, and, and that's do things differently than they've been done, right? They've been done a certain way. It worked for some people, didn't work for majority. And the sport has evolved where the overwhelming majority of athletes are like you and me, the females, the smaller guys. And it, you know, it's time. I'm really taking this as a personal challenge to, to, to create a place at the table for everybody. Um, I think everybody deserves it. You know, just because I'm not 300 pounds doesn't mean I don't put in as much work as that guy. Mm -hmm. So why should he, I be rewarded so much less. So I'm trying to do everything I can within my power in our company and the people around me too, as you know, the people supporting it, the people throwing these shows that are part of the, this this rebellion, um, they're making this happen. And it just goes to show that the community is ready and the community is ready to take it in their own hands and make a better future. Absolutely. I think the more opportunities and things like that, I think it's going to bring out even better um, athletes. Um, I learned actually probably in the last few hours or so that, of course, the U80 champ from OSG, um, Ricky Lifts, I think I forget his last name. It was his first year of Strongman. That's, that's yep. nuts. Um, and of course, I know he probably saw a lot of, um, of, co- of course, a lot of, of course, ind- great individuals come through in the past, but just, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that, especially in the lighter weight classes of people just coming out of the woodworks, great CrossFit athletes, either great traffic athletes, and even um, gymnasts. Um, and there actually, there has been some example of gymnasts, of course, one of the guys I competed with in Russia was a gymnast, a former gymnast. So, well, you know, and especially once there is actual opportunity for them, then you're going to really get the better athletes. Cause if you don't got the opportunity, only the hobbyists stay, right. Which is, which we need, we need those people because every sport needs people that just enjoy it, mm-hmm. but to get the best athletes, you got to have opportunity for those athletes. So. Absolutely. So we have uh, Sean DeMarinas in the green room right now, but right before we bring him on, do you have anything that grinds your gears today, Anthony Gefferman? Anything that grinds my gears. I mean, really just the most, the thing that always grabs my gears is just stop telling people what to do. Let people live their lives, man. Like, you know, I, you know, with, with, with you, I've never told you not to do something. No, you just tell me my deadlift stinks and you're weak and you need to get better. So that doesn't stink anymore though. (laughs) No, it doesn't. So you're, you're, you you know what you help. So, but like, uh, I would never tell you like, don't compete at this show. Don't compete at that show, things like that. So that grinds my gears because it's still going, it's 2021. Like this isn't, Mm. 2005 ipsa anymore like let's let's move on let's everyone everyone eat yeah yeah everybody can has a mind of their own they can make the right decisions for them sure. um so let's bring on sean Marinas. let's go one moment i'm excited to see him i'm excited too hope he likes my background sean oh, oh hey hey did you like my background sean <sighs> Yeah, sure. he's so ugly. I forgot. <laughs> you, you know, that's that was actually the first uh, trip I actually met Sean, and we became we became best friends like instantly. So you've always been that much taller than him. Yes. <laughs> but maybe I probably lost an inch or two since I probably had like five or six heavy yokes since then. Well, so uh, did Sean. So it's still proportionate. <laughs> But th- thanks for coming on, Sean. Um, of yes, course, thank we you, ta- good sir. We were talking a little bit, um, of course, about your accolades. Of course, four-time strongest man, um, and of course, we're interested in hearing about, of course, how you started and, of course, what it takes. But um, little, some people know, but I was to say, Sean's been a great friend over the years, a great mentor. Um, and if it wasn't Sean for telling me how uh, pathetic and weak I was, especially my deadlift, I probably wouldn't be the man I was today. So, Sean, thank you, and uh, thank you for coming on. 
Yeah, and, and, and for me, you know, when I got into the game as a 105, I mean, Sean was the bar. Um, he was the one we were all chasing. So, I mean, it's my whole time in the sport, and he's, he's always treated me well. Um, at first, he didn't treat me like competition because he didn't think I was, but, you know. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I mean, he's the one we all looked up to, and he's never held back anything. Like, you ask him something, he'll, he's willing to help. So that speaks a lot to his character and really means a lot. So I'm really happy to be able to hopefully get you out to a whole new crop of people that – weren't around six seven years ago so now they can learn about the greatness that preceded everyone yes gee guys thank you <laughs> absolutely but how are, of course how are things in california uh well weather is good that's about it so yeah i notice you're not masked are you afraid of being arrested at your home <laughs> uh, uh i don't know man you know it's thankfully where i live it's not it's not quite that bad now you go to la and then it's God, I don't even want, even want to drive through that city, let alone get out of my car. So. Yeah, they throw poop at people, don't they, when you're stopped on the highway? <laughs> that or a brick or they'll rob you. I don't know. It's it's a fucking war zone down there right now. Oh, geez Louise. But, yeah, you, you know, um, of course, it is a, is a kind of a beautiful is a beautiful place. But, again, it, it was... And it always comes with kind of its some of its consequences, maybe. Um, what so did Sean, you just say? Hold on. What did you a, just say? Consequences. <laughs> but I don't know if it. I don't, I don't know if it fits right there. But moving on, I digress. Um, Sean, I did have some house housekeeping to do while I have you here. Um, so I've, I've been working on my America's Strongest Man and World's Strongest Man 105 Kilo History. Um, I know I have. I have pretty much, of course, like the years. 2001 of course i won deal won 2020 terry won 2019 you won in 2018 james 2017 and i have you for three straight years boo 2017 what yeah <laughs> i i i second the boo on the 2017 so uh not james i'm just talking about his leg and then the yeah. so 20 so 23rd did, did mccarley win four years in a row 2013 2012 2011 2010 no no who was no did, he he won 11, 12, and 13. That was it. All right. Who won 2010? Uh, Mike Gill. Mike Gill. No. No, 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 no. Was it Justin Blake? Yes. Justin Blake won. Okay. Who won? He, he won 2008 and 2010. Jacob Bodie won. Did he win 2009? No. Who won uh, 2009? I don't know that that was that was before I I did uh, so, ASM. So, so I don't 2009 know. you don't have, but Justin Blake won 2008. Yeah, 2008 and 10. Um, who was it? Uh, 2009. Was it Jared Spybrook? Shit, I don't remember. Jared Justin Wheeler. I I don't even know. Man, that was so long ago. All right, maybe I oh, may have talked to Johnny about it. Do you know like 2007 to 2006? Or was that too uh, far? Out? No, no, no. Well, okay, you, you know who won 20 2009? Who? Dave Maholov. Dave, I'm not familiar with Dave. You're not? He was no. an East Coast boy. He trained, I think, with Poundstone. Back then, and oh, that was see, that was before you really got into it too. Though. I'm I'm 2012, so anything before 2012. Yeah, I, yeah you I'm guys pretty, are way before me. Yeah, I'm pretty hazy. Yeah, and uh, then before 2008, I don't I don't know. I mean, like Willie Willie won one of the years. Yeah, whatever. I think the year that, that that he picked all the events and set up, put like a max squat and like a max deadlift. He made it like a powerlifting event, from what I hear. All right, all right. that's interesting. And then uh, really quickly, world world strongest man. Um, I have, of course, like I have all the last five years. Um, and then the S, when it comes to SEL, I know you went in 2015, but I think that's when you like hurt your bicep. Uh, but Ben Kelsey won 2015, right? 
He won two years in a row. Yeah. So I have, so I have also, I have, there no, was no 14. Oh, there was no 14. Okay. There was no, he won 13 and 15. Okay. He Do won you know, 13 in Ukraine and then he won 15. Yeah, I remember because because yeah. I, I, I've watched, I have that, I have that on my YouTube channel. So guys, if you guys are watching, you want to go on my YouTube channel, go on my playlist. I have all click those. the, click the link and subscribe. Yeah, Nicholas exactly. Can't, can't be exactly. Um, Come on, Nick. Uh, Sean, do you know 2012 or 2011? If they, I don't even know if they even held it then. Held it? Okay. Um, because in 2010, I have, I, I found the video of Vitaly uh, Gersimov of the Grasimov. Ukraine. Grasimov. He won, yeah. he won two years in a row too. Okay. Do you know if it was, I don't, I don't know if it was nine and 10 or 10 and 11, but he, it might've been, uh, it was definitely, it definitely wasn't 11 because we went out to Ukraine for a team USA versus team Ukraine contest mm -hmm. in 2011. And at that time he was already the two time champ. So I think he won 20, 2009, 2010. Okay. Nick, who won 18 and 19? Uh, <laughs> Anthony Furman of the United States. And then he's also technically won 2020 because by default. But Doyle rules. <laughs> Doyle oh, yeah. rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, that was, that was some of the house because I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, have like a master list of, of that. I yeah. Mean, those shows know. don't really, those shows don't really count though. I mean, they're, it's so unfair how all that, how all that happened over there. And mm. I mean, I've heard a lot I, about Eastern Europe like that. They host the shows there. It gets pretty brutal. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's similar to like, I wouldn't say it's exactly like OSG, but it, it has the same kind of theme because I mean, the hosting organization is hosting it in their own country on their own equipment. You know, OSG was a little different because all that equipment was new. So nobody really had a too much of an advantage, but in Ukraine, all of the equipment was all of their own stuff that they train with mm -hmm. all the time. Yep. And we all know how much of an advantage it is to train on your own stuff and to compete on it. So, you know, I mean, there were so many little nuances with the equipment that were none of us had ever seen before that really hurt our performances. So, you know, the so that's so guy, like when you went to 20, that was in 2013 when you went to Worlds with Johnny? Or that yeah, 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 it was. I mean, it's just crazy, like how different. You I mean you know how different equipment. So, it's, so I, but the 2013, of course, had a pretty great production with uh, that, that was in the Ukraine, but I had like, of course, Colin Bryce was doing the commentating. That looked like a good competition. So, and then 2015, when it was in Norway, and that, and of course, when Ben Kelsey won, that looked like it was a pretty good, um, a pretty good contest as well. So, you think like since 2013, 2015, that's when the standards started improving? Uh, after. Wait, what would you say after 20? So after 2013, 2015, or, or, or since 2013, 2015? Uh, no, they didn't really improve because even the Norway show was ran by SCL. And the guy the guy hosting that competed in the show. He competed in the 90 kilo oh, class. That's when, that, that's when Zach went and, huh. and won. That's awesome. And that guy who was hosting the show was not happy and was very surprised that Zach you know, came in and won. He was heavily favored to win his own show. He picked all the events. So why do we have a sport where people that host shows competed them? It's the way it is, man. That Nick, you asked me what grinds my gears. That fucking grinds my gears. This, this is backyard wrestling. That's why. Do it's nuts. Month. It's nuts. It's like when Vince McMahon was fighting Stone Cold. Like it's your company, bro. Yeah, it's you. You can't have anything to do with the production when you you know if you're going to compete in it. It's just you can't use your own stuff from your own gym. I mean, come on. It's crazy to me. It is a little crazy. So, so really quickly, Sean. So pretty much Giants Live did like 2013. They took a couple, they took a year break for a few and then started again in 2016. 
I don't know if they had much to do with it. I mean, they don't really get involved. I mean, listen, I, I don't know all the ins and outs and all that, but I don't think they had much to do with besides maybe putting their name on a t-shirt. Okay. But, you know, back then, um, I forget her name. She's a very nice lady who, who held the contest in 2013. And she kind of, she was working with Dion a lot. Mm. Um, I totally forget her name. Oh, uh, Alina or something, but she was super cool and very nice. And they paid for us, everything for us to get over there. The contest was, was, was fair enough. I mean, the only unfair advantage was that, you know, it was their home turf, but they can't control that, whatever they, they hosted the show. So whatever. Right. Um, but it was all their own equipment, but yeah, Colin was there. Colin kept it fair. Um, Colin, Colin was the judge and he wasn't letting anybody get away with anything that they didn't deserve. So he, he kept it fair for us. And he, Did he let you guys double dip or no, there was no Viking press. <laughs> He uh, <laughs> he was yelling at everybody though. Like he wasn't Good. he wasn't letting the Ukrainian guys. They they were trying to get away with their sneaky shit, but he wasn't letting them. So yeah, good good. But of course, uh, we'll get started. So yeah, tell tell us a little bit in terms of your start, strong man. And I know um, of course you started with Scott Brengel and his gym. But yeah, tell us a little bit about starting up in the sport and what it was oh, like yeah. back then for 105 kilo. Uh, let's see. The first my my first day. I walked in and Scott asked, you know, why do you, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? What do you, what are you here for? And at that point, I just kind of came out of power. Uh, 2008. Okay. And um, I'd been competing in powerlifting, well, bench press only. I, I stopped doing full meets. I was just doing bench press only. And after a few years, I did that from, from I think like 2004. Well, I did that when I was like 17, all the way until I was like 26 or something. So I did that for a while, but I got burned out of it um, just because it was, you wasn't really ever competing against anyone. You know, you go do a couple of bench presses and you spend a thousand dollars fly different states. It just eventually got, got old and there was no competition and always watching, you know, world's strongest man on ESPN. Like everybody was like, oh, I would love to do that, but I was always intimidated because I didn't have the equipment, had no idea how I would train for it. So I never really got into it until like I went online and I found uh, the Morunde Muscle Forum and um, way back then. And then I put a message on there and then uh, I think uh, Tommy or Scott reached out to me and um, we're like, oh, hey, we actually have a gym that we train this stuff at and it's close by you. So come out. So I went out there and then I uh, met Scott and he asked, you know, why I was doing this and all that. And um, at that time, that was also kind of around when uh, Kevin Nee did the uh, um, true life mtv yeah, yeah. You remember that I, uh, I i referenced that the other day because I, I remember seeing that he's from massachusetts and he's yeah. trained at uh tps so yeah and scott got his pro card with kevin at oh, the same shit. time because back then there were it was only the top three whoever took top three at the plat plus got a pro card mm. so kevin me won scott took third and i think it was at a california strongest man show they actually pulled an airplane like at the air force base it was actually pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah, that was like back when they had like real events, you know. Hey, we um, do real events in some places. Yeah, when you well, when you can. Um, you know, so you know, you know my my uh, my my comment to him was, "I want to beat Kevin Neat." You know, and of course he laughed in my face because that was obviously an absurd statement to make at 218 pounds and have never touching a strongman equipment in my life. So, but I was like, you know, I don't know. I saw it. I, I was like, I think I could do that. Um, so I always just, you know, I had this desire to do it because I, I felt that I could. Um, so, you know, that's where it started. And then after my first training day there, 
it, it went decently well. Well, the overhead went well, which not really surprising because I was, you know, bench presser. So I had good pressing strength. So I did really well uh, on the overhead press and Scott was like, okay, well, you know, that's, that's good, but I kind of expected that. So let, let's see what you do on the medley. And then that's when everything went to shit and took me four and a half minutes to finish a stupid medley that he finished, I think in 45 seconds. And I was on the ground, like, you know, like everybody crying for my mommy and my legs were cramping and biceps were cramping and I was on fire and he's sitting there yelling at me, you know, if you can't finish this, you can't do strong, man. So I had to sit there for four and a half minutes until I finished it. Otherwise it was like, you're not coming back. So, you know, baptism by fire. Wow. That, that, um, sucked. Well, you said everyone experienced that. I never experienced that. I was just never experienced that. I was just finishing medleys quickly. (laughs) Even when you first started. Yeah, I was good. That was what I was better at. Yeah. I had no conditioning because I just laid on a bench. Yeah. Well, I came, I was active, I was active duty army infantry. So I, I had cardio was different. But see, like, I mean, which is, which is obviously true, but I mean, going into my very first medley, right? Like, you know, and back then the weights were pretty heavy. So it was like a 225 keg, 235 keg, you know, run that in, load that over the bar. And then it was, it was, it was a death medley. I should also explain that it wasn't just like a typical medley. And then it it was two inch, two inch handle farmers that you had to carry 50 feet uphill he had like he lived in like a he lived in a condo at the time so there was like two hills that went down so we had to go up both hills and then we had to drag a sled which was a tire with like 200 pounds of weight in the tire and we had to drag that back up the hill so that's a little different all right yeah Yeah. all right yeah yeah i there was a couple other guys that had been training strongman for a few years most of them were finishing in under a minute and a half um, I took four and a half minutes, but that's because that's I stopped and I couldn't drag the freaking sled anymore. It sounds legs. like a CrossFit wad. Dude. Well, it was, that's just what Scott did. He was, that was like his, his, uh, like entry, you know, you want to come do strongman. We'll put you through the death medley. If you come back, then you can train strongman with us. Now you just have to pay. Now, now you just pay money, but he never charged, dude. I've been training with Scott for, you know, since 2008, never charged me a dime. It was just come in here and bleed and sweat and you know be a part of the team i love that we're missing so much of that nowadays where it's like yeah the whole world is missing. paying it forward is that there's not yeah not enough you gotta earn your place you know i mean we oh do you have to earn your place at a table perhaps well there's no table but there's a table and we're all eating the garage you gotta earn your place in the garage the table's a metaphor yeah yeah well we had to earn our place but there was no yeah no that that's why i said to you i don't i don't play that table game anymore if i'm not if i'm not if i'm not invited then i fuck off so 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 sean so so of course you you started working out with scott so did you did you go through like the national ranks like how did you earn your pro card and when did you earn your pro card and stuff i um no i actively avoided the national circuit um my first year when it when it came up you know i wanted to go I was excited about it. And then after talking to other people and learning more about it, I realized that that was a, a disaster of an experience. Um, and when I knew that the Platinum Plus route existed, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go there. That's way, that's way easier. It's way better. It's, that's, that'll, that'll be my ticket in. Yeah. I know so, funny. All three of us were Platinum Plus um, winners. None of us went through the nationals route. And uh, I was talking to Dan Hughes the other day. I'm like, Dan, you got a hard climb. Like there's, there's only been one national winner that ever won world's strongest man or America's strongest man. And that was James. James is the only national winner that's ever actually moved on and became successful in the pro level. So winning nationals is not necessarily correlated to being a top level 
strong man. James, fun fact, James, fun fact. Had an, James had an interesting, you know, I don't know if you guys have had James on or talked to him, but he had a he's yeah, he's 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 on the list. Okay. I I I would like to hear his story actually at some point because he he didn't, I mean, yeah, he won nationals, but I mean, if you look at the ASMs that he did, I mean, he typically did not do well. And then all of a sudden he kind of like came out of nowhere and like started like winning like 117 it was like the past three years he took like i don't know second to last or something or very very low on the on the on the ranking there but then he came back and just killed it i don't know what changed or what happened with him but sometimes yeah. it clicks sometimes it just takes a while sometimes to find your how your body yeah. you know how to do things yeah. it's crazy yeah I, I was happy for him when he won in 17 yeah um you were you see i couldn't be happy for you winning because that was your first asm i wasn't going to be like no nah, this guy should win like yeah you, you were no you were you were mad you were a little bit mad there when i came up it was like by the way i'm good <laughs> I, well i knew you were good but i was like you know you still like i didn't see you compete against anybody in the in like the main class so you know we all knew that you were a threat but it's kind of like you know i felt like james it, i was good as i was happy to see him i win. get it i was he happy for him, i was him. happy for him to win because i like james yeah. i what yeah yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. That was that's the only contest that all three of us that were in together. That's the only we we didn't. We did, there's of course a bunch of other contests where I competed with Anthony or I competed with Sean, but for all three of us in yeah. one show, that was the only show. Because I missed ASM uh, 18. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I was in LA. I just didn't have a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of hotels. I don't right, know. Sean. Remember that? Remember, remember, I didn't have a place to stay. Airbnb, I was trying to... Yelp. I don't know. Google. So, there's plenty of places. So, what up? What Platinum Plus did you win your pro card at? Uh, the, uh, the Battle of Champions or something. And it was in Connecticut. Oh, all right. And then that was so that would have been 2010. Mm-hmm. All right. And then so, um, so of course you you went through the ASM. So like, so your first ASM was in was it when there was the ASM at was during nationals. Is that the, was that kind of like no, my, uh, my, I, I did ASM in 2010 after I won my pro card. Oh, ASM gotcha. was like, it was him was like a month or two later. All right, cool. So I, I, I jumped in there and got my ass kicked. Um, right. Took 10th, but no better way to learn. Yeah, no, I mean, I made a, a countless mistakes and that's, that's all it is. You know, you just, you, the, the more mistakes that you don't make, the better well, you that do. And it fuels the fire. When you, when you catch that whooping once in a while, it kind of fuels that, yeah. that drive. Yeah. 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 I was, I was happy. I went, it's all good. You know, I, I, I did not think I was going to win by any yeah. means. So I didn't have any expectations other than just do what I could do in training, but you know, it's, it's a learning process. The equipment's all different location. You know, it's just, there's a million things that go into it. Thankfully I didn't have to cut any weight. I didn't have to start cutting weight until 2013. Oh wow! So that was actually nice. But Now uh, that's all you do. <laughs> well, if I want to, if I want to live past 35, I, yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you say past 35? Yeah, because I'm 35 now. So. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I know you ain't you ain't no spring chicken, so don't try that shit. No. So, you know, I can only, you know, time time was ticking, uh, ticking down on me, according to the cardiologist anyway. So so within your career, of course, you kind of amassed, uh, of course, four America's Strongest Mans. Um, I know in, in uh, 2016, of course, second uh, World's Strongest Man to just to Marcin. Um and then I have some other kind of titles, of course, um, still to this day, the the best 105 uh, combo when it comes to log and deadlift in the same competitions, 400, 400 log, 800 deadlift, um, first mm-hmm. of the Ronnie Coleman classic. Um, but is there any other accolades I was missing there? If you know me, you know I'm always on the run. 
up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Uh, I mean, you know, miscellaneous smaller show wins here and there. Like I, you know, I won California strongest man twice oh, as a yeah. twice as a heavyweight, uh, heavyweight pro card, you know, which I got in, uh, 2014 kind of by default, but I still fucking won. I still earned it, but it was, you know, I mean, all the, all the fucking stars aligned. So, you know, Hey, I wasn't, that, that, that was another show. I was not expecting to win. I just went out there just because uh, my training partner, Chris was, was training, was competing at Mr. It. Burke. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I'll just go out there and, you know, Hercules. I'll wait. I like the, I like the event. So I just did it. And then just like one thing after another kept kind of happening throughout the show with like other guys getting injured or equipment failing. And it was just like, I just stayed kind of consistent and just, you know, snuck away with that. Hey, my, my dog wanted to say hi, Sean. Oh, that's a nice wiener. Yeah, thank you. It's very dark. Go back into your hole, Maya. <laughs> so I have, I, have a que- I have a question, Sean. Yeah. Um, so with your ascent, you won three ASM in a row? Yeah. Then you got injured that year, and you came fucking back a year later and won again. Yeah. Um, what – I mean, what, what did you do that no one else was doing to be so consistent at that kind of – at that level? Because before or since, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a half a decade you, you were dominant, you know? No, you know, it wasn't like anything that was, I would say like specific that I did that I could attribute, you know, or think back like, yeah, because I did that. Um, you, I don't know, man. If you look at the wins and if you actually like broke it down by like event by event, like you could just see it was just, it was just kind of being consistent enough to not make too big of mistakes, you know, and then like, you know, even Camby knows, I mean, winning by like a hundredth of a second, you know, like yeah. I beat Camby by like a hundredth of a second on the yoke, like, on, you know, a, on, the, on the farmers and then like, and then the yoke was like equally is like 0.4 seconds. Yeah. You know, sometimes like, you know, you, you get those, like somebody has to get those, those little yeah. victories. I, and honestly, I mean, I, I think I was lucky enough to get a, enough of those to string together consecutive wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only, like the real, like my, my second year winning ASM in 15, that was like the most, I would say that was like, that was the biggest point spread 
you know, I wouldn't say that was my most dominant, but that was kind of like the biggest point spread. But again, that, that came down to, to one event, you know, when it came down to the deadlift where everybody zeroed and, and I, and I didn't, you know, Challenger. So I got, yeah. So I got like 11 points, you know, which just, to just sky. But if you look at the first two events, yeah. I lost the first, you know, I didn't win the first two. Like I, I Rob, um, I took second on the log. I took third in the yoke. And then I, and then I won the deadlift and everybody zeroed and just fucking leapfrogged me. So I didn't really have to do much to win the other ones. But. So that's interesting because I think I agree. I, I, it's hundred percent more about consistency than it is dominance. Um, and, and the one thing that was similar, like between you and I is we both had very good deadlifts. Yeah. Um, I wasn't definitely not as good overhead as you, but if you have that one event where you can always kind of count on as a guarantee, um, and then you can be consistent across the others. A lot of times that's going to put you where you need to be. Um, Dude, that, that, that's what winning is all about. It's not, you know, people nowadays, I think, because like the, I, I don't know, I, I kind of would think that the, the higher up classes, like the heavyweight, the open classes, you know, there's a lot of these guys, especially on Instagram, because the influence you have on social media for a while, there was getting you invites to shows. And what was the best thing to show a heavy deadlift, a heavy log, maybe a heavy yoke, but I mean, nobody was out there going like, look, I do 400 pound farmers invite me somewhere. No, nobody gave a shit. Yeah. So, you know, being good at like a few little static things is like what everybody did. And not a lot of people, I don't think trained, uh, you know, work capacity, um, you know, or train the events often. I think people really broke them down in their training and they were doing like maybe one event uh, per training session. Um, the way that we always trained was we had a, de a dedicated day for events and that was all the moving, you know, medley yeah. events, you know, and when you do three or four events in a day, you build that work capacity and uh, it's, it, you know, I'm, I can't speak for anybody else. I don't know if anybody else did it like that, you know, during my competitive, you know, season there, but um, that's what I did, you know, and it seemed to carry over and then obviously just not falling or not um not crumbling under pressure you know when you get to the show we're we're all of our own biggest worst enemies when when that when that whistle blows you know how did you handle shaking. the pressure sean like did you do anything yeah, special I, no no idea um i was not confident most of the time like you know i had my confident events like when it came to the log or like a deadlift like i i felt confident there but i mean i'd be lying if i told you that before the whistle started i i just knew i was going to destroy it that no, I mean, I, 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 I do believe you because despite what you may see or think, I am not confident myself on game day. Yeah. I, I really, I really do fake the funk a lot of the time. Um, cause that helps me kind of get through with my own battle with myself. Cause yeah, I, yeah I, even that year I'd fucking obliterate everyone. I was terrified every event. I was like, man, I can't screw. Like I wasn't confident. I didn't know I was going to do it. I, so I, I do think that's, I think that's a common theme is the difference between winners and losers is winners can manage their own self-doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, and like, you know, to that, uh, you just, it's, it's not, you know, you like the better you do in the show, like until you get to the last event, you know, but even still like, you know, it's like more pressure. Cause it's like, shit, I just won. I got to keep winning. If people are going to think I suck, if I don't win the next event or if I do it is, that, it builds, it builds. The better you do, the more pressure get builds. Like, what have you done lately? Like, Oh, you just won the event, but now you just, you're starting. It's like, it. you can go into day three with a huge lead. And then you're like, Oh shit, there's a bag toss. What do I do? <laughs> <Or truck bowl. laughs> I didn't have the lead. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Or dude, like, and for me, it was farmers. Like farmers was so hit or miss. I'd be like, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll do well, maybe I'll drop it every ten feet. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, everyone's got that event. Well, you know, you, you, oh, everybody you, you know, I was like, that's you know, in uh, 2017, 2018, I, America's Strongest Man. I was like, oh, I can beat Sean the Farmers. He, he sucks on the Farmers, but you beat me on the back rip deadlift and also by 0.1 of a second on the Farmer. I'm like, I had to win those, like, in order to be yeah. competitive. And that's sometimes, sometimes it just, uh, what is this? The meaning has been upgraded by the. It was Campy. He uh, he was being cheap. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it though. Uh, you, you, everybody has a bad event, and you know, winning winning is not. It's not like it's it. There's like a recipe for it, man. Like you, you know, you, you just whatever happens happens. Like everybody's subject to the to the same variables. Um, you know, I always found it really funny when people would buy all the equipment that was going to be used in the show to try to like increase their chances. Um, that's a more recent thing too right where people have been doing that forever but that's but see that's the shitty part about the sport is the fact that that was ever allowed to be done you know and like the stone of steel from bartos uh, i'll never fucking get over that bullshit you know like you know i didn't mind with the tacky towel but when it was like chalk only that was like a whole new event no but like you know when when now not discrediting hatch by any means i, I love hatch but the, he had warning this, alert he, He's about to discredit Hedge. Well, I'm going to discredit something, but you know, which most people probably don't know. He had the stone of steel prior to winning the Arnold that year. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yep. He got, he had a train on it and nobody else had ever, nobody even knew that thing existed. And he's, oh, he's already been training on it. Marty, he won. He, he, he did what I did in 15. He got a rep. Everybody else zeroed. He wins by 10 points. Shocker. So actually, so on the, so then he had the he had to the, one of the guy got the stone of steel and that was a Bengi um, from Russia who ended up who was actually who won the Arnold uh, Amateur in 2020 uh, and then he oh, won okay. the Middle East uh, Strongest Man so he's actually going to be in the, in the Wuss main show oh. next year oh um, interesting but yeah. he um, but he all Zach had Zach had the farmer the frame hold and all he had to do was beat Vengi to make it it was just like his best one of his best events just yep. rep and just like and. And he was able to, he was able to do it. So of course, all kudos to him, but. Uh, yeah, no, he still had to lift it, which is, I mean, to, you know, to this day, I, I couldn't lift a stone of steel, like, like exactly. Right. You know, he, he's incredibly strong, so I'm not taking anything away, but you know, you give. No, that's a little other, fucky. That's a little fucky. You give the other nine guys on that, on that stage, that stone of steel to train with, and there's no way that the outcome is the same. Yeah. No, you know? that's, that's how, how does that, how it's, because man, the sports backyard wrestling, because there's no control over it. You know, that's that that's the bullshit that happens. It's people come and make new equipment, you know, they, they get it approved, and then and then all of a sudden everybody's forced to buy it, or they're gonna be at a disadvantage. You Nick, know, and we don't you asked me what grinds my gears earlier. I got a third thing. All right, what grinds your gears, Anthony? When people fucking make you buy equipment because it's been approved, and then they come another fucking person two years later to buy more equipment, screw that. Ask Johnny, man. You know, it was big. It was William Strength, then it was Johnny's, then it was Bartos, and now I don't they know. That, oh, now they have that um, wheelbarrow thing. Yeah. It'll probably be just bring your own equipment. Hey, Sean, does, you know, William, it's funny because uh, I've talked to the William Strength guys because William Strength guys are, are the tsunami bar people. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just. Oh, they adapted. Just, Good for them. Right. So, um, but yeah, they, uh, yeah, they didn't really enjoy their time too much uh, working with Strongman Corporation and Dion at all during that time. Um, oh, no. oh, they didn't? 
Well, no. At the time, there wasn't that return on investment like they had. Uh, there's no, there's my, no return. This is my surprise face. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, I forgot what got us on that tangent, but but yeah. No, that's what this is about. Sometimes winners go on tangents. <laughs> winners go on. But we were talking about like what it takes to like repeat for the most part and like just yes. all, all the stars aligning, honestly. I mean, you know... It, Sure, I was strong, you know, but, you know, to be honest and fair, everybody at ASM has a chance at winning, you know, it's like, just like walking in the UFC. I mean, you know, you don't know who's going to win. It's just luck of the draw. I mean, people could be a little bit better prepared than others, but anybody can make a mistake. Anything could happen. You can tear a bicep, anything, quad, hamstring, whatever, you know, just like ASM in 17, you know, I came out and, you know, destroyed the log, felt great, was, you know. And then the fat back farmers happened and that, that took a lot of energy from me. That did not go my way. And then, you know, blew my quad on the third event. I mean, you know, shit. Was your, was your, was your knee or quad giving you troubles prior in training to that? It, it was hurting. Yeah. I didn't, I never got it checked out. I just, I felt that I probably strained something um, mm-hmm. around the kneecap. Uh, but you know, like every other strain, you just kind of ignore it and just whatever. Um, yeah. That was, that was just a, a, perfect storm of, of instances that that happened all simultaneously but you like you know again you, you just never know so you know you can be as prepared as you want you know and it's what's crazy is that show that was my easiest weight cut i didn't have to uh i didn't spend one minute in the sauna i just dieted and just you know just didn't eat for like 12 hours so that was super easy you know and i was like oh this is like a walk in the park you know and then th- that's what happens and then the other asm where i'm like you know, barely making weight, you know, super stressed, super hard weight cut. And then, you know, I went. So, you, dude, I really have no answer to how I did it. It's just, I'm just, do you think, do you think your goatee helps you perform better? <laughs> I didn't have a goatee. Oh, so, every, so look, look at the picture. That's, that's from like 2012. I don't care about that picture. No, oh, that's why 16. Yeah, the 15, 15 or 16. So have you considered getting rid of your goat key so you can get back to that kind of shape? Yeah, girlfriend won't let me. Ooh, right. She likes to go. Oh, so that's, so that's a performance goatee, but in a different way. <laughs> I say nothing. <laughs> All right, Sean, I got a good one for you. Um, and then, of course, do, do the best you can, but fill in the blank. Winners are blank. Is this fucking like ad libs or something? Yes, yes, it is. Dude. This, this is exactly what it is. Answer the question. <laughs> I don't know. Successful. Mm, of course. A- anything else? <laughs> Let him go, Kimmy. He answered. Move on. What do you mean anything else? Move on to the next one. Uh, broke. Broke. Ooh, that's uh, that's physically or cash. Mm, both. Well, you Not- Campy's not broke. Well, no, 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 no. I picked a bad time to, to retire. <laughs> you picked a great time just to be like, hey, I'm just going to get in my peak now that everyone's gone. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, I think my number, I was mentioning, uh, I think to just to some other young individual, I think that my best attribute when it comes to strongman is staying healthy. 
Um, I've, I have very few injuries. I've only retore my meniscus what I did from wrestling. Really, besides that, I've stayed, I've stayed healthy. And I think that's the tribute to kind of all the pain I take when it comes to like recovery. Dry needles was not fun. Again, dry needles in my bicep is the worst, but I'm, yeah. I do it because I don't want to, I'm, I'm definitely well, afraid of tearing a bicep or anything like that, like that. So I take a lot of pain when it comes to like the recovery. So I trade, I think it's one trade-off, but it's been working so far. So knock on wood, right? I could be yeah. like, oh, I'm going to stay healthy you know, forever. <laughs> you know, you know, the, the other thing that I, I, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, just from knowing you and watching like your training and stuff, you don't chase PRs in the gym necessarily, or like records in the gym, you know, like you, you train hard and you push yourself, but I feel like you do tend to cap, you know, how, how much you perform in the gym or how hard, you know, the percentage. Hmm. I, I, I would say, I, I think in the past, I think I've, I've done those glory lifts. I've done, I've gone after like the big PRs and stuff like that. So I learned that I explored my body, but in the more recent years when I started redefining things, yeah, I, I stayed away from, um, of course the big lifts and especially for like the log record, uh, we were, we were talking, I asked you, what do you think is a good rep range that would get me above 400? And you said 375 for three. So I went for 380 for three. Um, and I felt that I was pretty confident from the three for three that I, I should be in the four hundreds and give myself the best opportunity two weeks out to hit the record. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tyler, somebody else was going for 400, like very often. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think he know, filled that four times this summer before you want, you want to have that confidence, you know, and, but see, that's the thing though. It's like, you know, I always like to leave a little bit yeah. on, on the table because I was like, I know when I get there. I'm going to let it all loose. You know, I'm going to have the adrenaline. I'm going to have the extra boost from being there. I just need to be comfortable in the gym. I don't need to push too hard, but you know, it, it's a fine line to walk. So it's, it's hard, you know, especially honestly with social media, social media is the worst thing ever. And it's, it's, it forces people to try to be relevant. And like the only way you can be relevant is posting PRs. I mean, shit, layer wheels made a whole career out of PRing, you know? So you know, when people have that to look up to, or as an example to go by, you know, I think a lot of people do that, or, you know, nowadays too, just getting recognized by the, you know, um, Giants live crowd or, or any of these other organizations, you know, you post your big lifts, that's how you're going to get noticed. You know, the days of going to a, a show or being a part of a circuit and winning, you know, show after show to proving to, to prove that you deserve to be somewhere, you know, we don't see that too much anymore, you know, because all these, all these organizations are divided, you know, nobody's really working together like they don't, should. Don't we see that, Sean? Well, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a baby, dude. You're, you're fucking new. You're a newborn. I'm bringing that back. That's all right. Newborn's got a lot of time left on this earth. That's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, I know, man, like, dude, you, you know, you've been telling me since class. I got into sport, I can't do nothing to help change shit. You're, you're, you're realizing how, how difficult, you know, it is. And you're really realizing why so many people gave up. Yeah. You know? Oh, I get it. No, I, but, I, it, this is not an easy path that any of us are on. Yeah. But you're going, you're going after a different crowd, which is not something that's been done. You know, everybody attacks the big dinosaurs. Everybody wants to open guys. So they, so they, so they go there and they try to promote those shows with those guys, you know, but the mass majority is everybody, under 300 pounds there's so many more people there and you have a lot you know there there and there's really no control over it there's no one's getting in your way so you can kind of do whatever you want so you know? i have a question follow-up question to nicks this is not a fill in the blank don't worry 
what's the big idea? Huh? What's the big idea, Sean? What's the big idea? Uh, about what? Are you passing? I don't know. What, what's the big idea? What's the big idea? I... <laughs> All right. Follow-up question. Can I, can I have, have a little bit more context? No, that's the question. What's the big idea? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where to start. There's a lot of big ideas. What's your big idea, Anthony? No, no, no. This is not about me. So we're just gonna, his, I, he, so he doesn't have an answer. Second part. Who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, man, I'm just a, I'm just a small fish in a big pond, buddy. Okay. And what, what gives you the right? <laughs> are these questions for me? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, ri- that- I'm, I'm ripping off the office. Uh, you ever but- seen the exit interview with Toby? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, I just watched that last night. Well, I didn't watch that episode, but I just got you. <laughs> oh, I should I should have known better. But it, it sounded it sounded familiar. Now I can picture it. Uh, now now but, I feel like Toby sitting there going, uh, what? But uh, Sean, I know, we, of course, you only had a limited amount of time. How much time do we have left with you? We actually need to wrap it up because we need to keep this watchable. All right. We five, can't we can't have it too long. All right, we, all right, five ten. Do you have any other questions? You, you so I do have one. Like so, of course, if you had to talk to yourself uh when you're first starting out what uh what would you say to young sean um when you were starting out so you made less mistakes in your strongman career or what would you tell a young lifter now uh that they should focus on or what they should do oh, dude, we don't have enough time for that um <laughs> jesus i don't i don't even know where to start about one, about one thing one thing um god i don't know I don't know. Um, like my biggest, my friends is like my biggest thing. If I tell big, first thing, if I go, just compete often. Just get out there and compete. And well, see, I mean, I, I guess, sport. I guess that's what right. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to think of an answer that that kind of answers a specific question because there's so many, there's so many things that you could say for so many different, different, you know, different things. So, I mean, you know, I I feel like I'm trying to think of something that I did wrong that I would go back and change. And to be honest, I really didn't, I mean, I, I did everything. I wouldn't change much of anything about what I did. Um, you know, the only thing like, I mean, but this is just like specifically towards me. The only thing I would have done is I, I would have, um, I would have tried to have thought a little bit more serious about how I wanted my strongman career to end or like what, what, what was really most important as far as the goals, um, you know, because I felt like I, I stayed, I stayed at 105 for a little too long when I, when I think I could have capitalized on the heavyweight side of things. And I may have gotten a little bit more uh, exposure to some of the, the bigger shows had I put more time there instead of, you know, waiting for too long um, and staying at 105 and keeping myself in that class for longer than I should have. Because, um, you know, the, the ultimate goal for me when I got into the sport was to make it on the world's strongest man, just 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 to make it on there one time, you know, to be a part of the 30 guys that that was like the ultimate, ultimate goal, you know, and, and I and I went through periods of where I, I thought I could do it. And then I doubted myself, you know, and I kind of kept going back and forth. And then just all the health stuff with being that big and what you have to do in order to get there, you know, was it was a little scary, too. Um, I don't you know. Are, you're, you're like you're like five, five ten, John, right? No, I'm like five seven. Five, so say, he ain't no five ten. He's so, five ten. 
called me Miles Davis. Yeah. So <laughs> in the heavy, in the heaviest you got up to, uh, it was two eighty. Wow. Five seven. Yeah, that's you're like, yeah, like uh, Michael Chiklis from the Shield. <laughs> uh, but uglier, which is which is surprising. You're but, a spitting yeah. image. I don't know about uglier. Uglier? Well, I don't think I'm uglier. So, uh, so, so, kind of to sum that, uh, here's what I took from that: is winning sometimes can prevent you from taking a chance because you get comfortable winning, you enjoy winning, right? Yeah. So, like, you don't want it's not necessarily you know the unknown after after winning, being so good at 105, the unknown of stepping up, like. That's well, where the self doubt comes in, right? Like, it, you, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that I was like, well, I'm so good at 105, I'm just gonna stay here. I mean, you know, Zach accomplished something that nobody else did prior to him. Zach, Zach had right? No, Okay, like in meaning that he won three ASMs in a row. Prior to that, nobody won more than two. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and my goal coming in was was just to win one. You know, and then I won one, and I was like, well, you know, and then I won the second one. I was like, all right, you know, and then kind of like the picture kind of kept expanding. And I was like, well, if I, if I could win the most amount of ASMs, then I think I would, I have a better chance at that than I do at being one, like a really good heavyweight. It was kind of like, do I want to, do I want to be a mediocre heavyweight or do I want to be possibly one of the best 105s? You know, so that, that's why that's I, American, I, in my opinion. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I stuck with staying at 105, but, you know, looking back at it, I mean, you know, I still like that idea, but I, I would have loved to have been able to just say that I went to Worlds, you know. So I, I think, you know, advice for somebody kind of maybe that's that's in the sport, you know, really think about what you want to leave behind. Because at the end of all this, you know, it's extremely unlikely that you're going to have a career when this is all done through through strength sports. It's extremely unlikely you'll have anything to do with it. And all you're going to have is just, you know, the memories you created and your own little legacy inside your head. So you have to live and with friends yourself. and friends, John and friends, but you know, he didn't let him finish. He was saying something fucking sweet and awesome. And you interrupted him. Right. <laughs> yeah. I ruined everything. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So you're only left with whatever you accomplish, you know, and that, and that little legacy lives on in your head forever. So, you know, you, you need to do what you, what you have to do to be the best at whatever class or category, whatever you want to do. And, uh, you know, go for it really, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, also I think people put a little too much, um, a little too much effort with, with social media and like, you know, really thinking that they need to be a part of that type of crowd or that, you know, exposure on there is going to get you somewhere you know, I, I still don't really believe in that. I, I, I hope people, I hope the sport changes to where people can, you know, go and win shows and, you know, the best, best athletes get opportunities over others, you know, and people just seem to be just more well-rounded. You know, that was the other thing too, is uh, staying well-rounded helped continue me to win and make le less mistakes. You know, people focus too much on just one or two things that they're good at, you know, as the saying goes, train, train what you're bad at. So, you know, that's always just a common, but. Yeah. I love it, Sean. I love all that. Good stuff, simple man. Shit. Yeah, simple stuff, I guess. Good stuff. But don't, get, still... don't get too fat. That's another problem. <laughs> don't, don't, do not overeat. I, I, I think, um, Sean. I think I might have you beat in one category. I think I might have competed more times with Johnny than you have competed with Johnny. I think I counted four time, fourteen time, fourteen competitions with Johnny the other day. I did four this year alone. But do you know how many competitions you've done you, with? Why are you bragging about that? 
Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just saying, because it was used to be like Sean and jo- Sean and Johnny used to be the duo, but now it's me and Johnny. So he's my <laughs> friend. So on your own, Guido, to hang out with. <laughs> he dude, he speaks Ukrainian, so yeah. it was it was a no brainer for him to go to Ukraine. Yeah, I'd probably still be there if he wasn't there. All right. Well, all right, we're getting off topic here. We got to. All right. Sorry, I have no more questions, Nicholas. Do you? I have no more questions, but Sean, you've been a great friend. Thank you for coming on. Um, Thank you so much. Of course, look forward to more conversations. And of course, just remember, just go out there and be a winner. This outro. Here's our outro song. All right, guys. Stay strong. Be jacked.